What's good, Scout Teamers? This is Scout Team Sports. Welcome in once again. This is your host, Devalian, and we are reviewing uh, the one-year anniversary of AEW's Dynamite. This is the one-year anniversary of their weekly show, and uh, I had some good matches, what I thought were going to be good matches. I have a tendency to give stuff away too early, especially with wrestling. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I mean, we'll get into it. I just, you know, it, it's the one year anniversary. I was hoping for, you know, a couple more sparks and flames and stuff like that, but we'll get into it and I'll detail that. Um, in the, in the order that I got to see everything was like, you know, it's not going to be the exact order of how it went down as far as the runtime, but I'm just going to get into all the pieces that I was interested in and what I thought about them first. Um, Going with, uh, you know, Matt Hardy coming out with his family uh, out by ringside and talking about how the great this is, uh, that, the, you know, one year anniversary and he's fully 100 percent healthy and all that good stuff. And then we get uh, Sammy Guevara cutting the promo. Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of tired of this. And it's not that I'm tired of either wrestler. I'm just tired of their rivalry. I really thought it should have been done at all out. I thought that should have been it. Um, both wrestlers move on make new rivalries with new people, with new uh, other wrestlers. I, I'm I'm kind of tired of them going back and forth. It's, it's you know, they, they went back and forth. They've had several extreme matches, you know, to try to set, quote-unquote, settle the score. And this really kind of speaks to, like, I mean, I guess you don't have anything else for these two wrestlers to do. You don't have anything new for them to do. You can't have them go after or start rivalries with somebody else. Um, I mean, I honestly think I honestly think Sammy Guevara should be competing for the TNT Championship. He should be competing for the Mid Card Championship right now. Um, he's he's young. He's 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 a he's a really good heel, um, and he's he's relentless in terms of his attitude. So, I mean, that's that would be great going up against Cody uh, right now. Um, but you know, they want to continue this, and now he's saying that uh, he's not going to stop until. Matt Hardy is is in a is is permanently injured again. You know he came back a hundred percent healthy, and now he says like you know as soon as you come out of the hospital, and I'm gonna put you back in there, you know, or something to that effect. Um, so it was just like I'm I'm you know I like both these wrestlers. I always love Matt Hardy, and I really like Sammy Guevara as a young heel, and so I'm but I'm I'm tired of the rivalry. I'm ready for them to move on, but it's not so. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens next with those two, but I'm really not interested anymore. Uh, moving on uh, to <clears throat> a lot of this. Uh, actually, well, it was just two segments, but they were really, 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 really trying to put over Miro this uh, night, uh, the day or night, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we get to the, you know, for one, his, um, and I'm doing it, I know I'm doing it in first order, but to me, I'm doing it in, per, in terms of importance. They're doing, uh, you know, his, his tag team match with Kip Sabian, where Kip Sabian barely did anything in the match, aside from a splash from the top rope, uh, most notably. But then other than that, it was all Miro taking on this random tag team and just beating him up. Um, so they're trying to really paint him as a big, bad heel. 
uh, fierce, uh, ferocious, all that good stuff. Um, at the end, he hits his, uh, I forgot what he's, he's calling it now, like the either game over. I guess that's what he's calling it game over because he says that right before he does the camel clutch. So I'm not sure if he's just saying that and then he goes into his finisher, which is the camel clutch, or he's calling the camel clutch game over. I'm not sure. Uh, but he says, yells game over, just like he would say Rusev crush or something like that. And then he gets on to the top of the guy and then uh, gets the camel clutch in. He has his arms straight and then he doesn't even lock the guy's chin in. <laughs> it was hilarious. He didn't even lock his chin in. And he just had his arms stuck out. <laughs> just he didn't even have the guys. He didn't even have the guys. Uh, chin uh, in his hands to do the cable clutch. He was just standing. He was just squatting with his arms out locked. It was it was hilarious. He finally locked it in the way he was supposed to. Uh, and, you know, again, the match is over, of course. But yeah, I I just I just um yeah it yeah eh I I you know and I get what they're trying to do. I get what they're trying to do, but. You know, as we'll see, uh, you know, here later on, this is kind of, to me, Miro overkill for one night. I mean, you don't, I get you want to put him over, but you'll need to do it twice in this, in the same night. And then because of what they, the second time, what they did, or, or if you want to call it first time, what they did to, um, to put him over as the big bad heel, um, we'll get into that actually right now. Um, so we go to, uh, the um no no but first you know I want to get to the uh there's going to be a tag team contenders number one contenders fatal four way match, um next week uh and they had they brought out the big rolling uh the big rolling thing where you put all the things the numbers in there or names in there and then you pull out of there like a casino type thing, um I can't remember the name of that thing I don't even know if I never knew the name of that thing but <laughs> they pull out. Uh, four four tag teams names, uh, to see who's going to be uh in the um, in the uh, number one contenders match, fatal four way. So they pull out private party, then they pull out uh, two members from the dark order, then they pull out uh butcher and the blade, and they pull out the young bucks and uh, Tony Schiavone's there announcing every one of them, and uh, t- of course Tony Schiavone is disgusted when he pulls out the young bucks because of them super kicking him. Uh, and you know, the young bucks are, you know, these, I guess heels now or badass baby faces. I really don't think they are keeping track of their ratio of heels to baby faces. And to me, that's very important, but I don't think they're keeping track of that. So to me, it's, it's, it's a little haywire right now. It's a little out of control. Um, as far as, you know, this team's a baby face this team's a heel. And then, you know, you got the fans that really determine everything, but, um, even with the fans, you know, the the fans will cheer a heel if they like them more than they like a babyface. So that really doesn't matter anymore. Um, that's why I call them hybrids. They're heels, but fans love them. So it's like, how are they supposed to be heels and have everybody hate them when everybody loves them? So, you know, to me, you either have a babyface, you have a heel, or you have a hybrid. <laughs> you have a one that's right in the middle. Because it could be a baby face that everybody hates because they think they're weak, they think they're a punk, or they don't like their gimmick, or they don't like their character. Or it could be a heel that's supposed to be hated by everybody, but they love them, and the fans love them because of their persona, their character, whatever the case may be. 
Um, so, and a lot of people like a-holes, so it's just, they, they, they like people who are like them. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> a lot of people like people who are like that because they're like them. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, I would actually, I actually like the fact now that I can tell the young bucks apart, you know, one has no facial hair and the other one has facial hair with his hair down and long and stuff. So I can actually tell them apart. Um, I think Matt is the one with the, Matt Jackson is the one with the hair down and the beard now. And Nick Jackson has still got the ponytail and clean shaven. Um, so I like the fact that I can actually tell them apart now. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, they're, uh, those four tag teams are going to be in the, uh, Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for the tag titles. Um, and, of course, FTR was in the ring. and had to stir up some nonsense. Uh, but then, of course, the four tag teams started to brawl. And that was it. That was that. Was that. Um, we're getting on next to um, the uh, promo with uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone. And I thought this was the best of the night of the entire show. And I'm I'm disappointed in that because I would have preferred a match to be the best of the show, but this was the best of the show. Uh, Britt Baker, it starts out with Britt Baker and, uh, Antonio Schiavone laying side by side, getting massages while, uh, and getting facials while their faces are covered. And Tony Schiavone has a mic up to Britt Baker's mouth while she's talking. It was, that was funny. They had the music and then they, it was hilarious. So they did that part and they did their little, you know, uh, little comedy bit on that part. And then they went to uh, um, sitting in, they were in robes and sitting and getting, I guess, pedicures. Uh, and then uh, they switched to a third part and, uh, you know, Reba's in there. And yeah, that whole thing with Tony Schiavone and then him getting, uh, they called it the 40-year-old version remake, whatever, and him getting the the wax where they stripped the hair, the body hairs off of his uh, chest with tape and stuff. And just the fact that Tony would be a good sport and do that, I'm going to give him props for that. Uh, I didn't care for that last part, you know, the whole 40-year-old version recreate, but the whole thing as a whole to me was hilarious. And and that was the best thing of the night for me, Um, just because I'm really being on wrestling number one. And if the matches don't deliver, for whatever reason, then, hey, if a promo is the best of the night, then it is. It's the best entertainment of the night of the show. Uh, but, yeah, that whole promo with Brit- Britt Baker and her return and whatever, and Tony Schiavone really, it really sold it. Um, next, we'll go with, um, next, we'll go with Sheeta defending the women's title. How about that? Did anybody even know about that? I didn't. I mean, I didn't hear anything about it the week before on 30 Years of Jericho. I didn't see anything about that. Anything previous to that, there was no... Why did they not want to build up heat with anybody other than Nyla Rose? So you can tell if anybody is going to get the title next, it's going to be Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose has already held the title. Since the title's inception, there's only been three champions, two Asian, and I can't... I don't know what Nyla Rose is, but, you know, as far as her... Being a transgender, um, I don't know how that works as far as what they're supposed to refer to her to um, in terms of her ethnicity. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, I guess those are two different things. But anyway, um, it it's it's stale. It's stale. I saw. I was. I was surprised to see Big Swole was the challenger, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I saw Big Swole was going to be the challenger, I knew she wasn't going to win. She wasn't going to win because they want. Uh, they're not. They didn't. There was no build up to it, and anytime there's no build up to it, and it's just a match, it's just a championship match. Even if there's, they call it a build like a week before, like they did with Thunder Rosa. That's not a build. And you know that she is going to win the match, the title match, uh, even if they have a match previously. There's no title, non-title or something like that. So, of course, Big Swole going into this, uh, I knew it was going to be, uh, it wasn't going to be uh, a question of who was going to win. And uh, I'm starting to see, like, while Sheeta has some good moves, I'm starting to see a lot of Sheeta's matches to me are being are sloppy. You know, the whole, the women's division as a whole needs work. They need help. And I trust that, that it's coming or it's it's going or they're trying to get better. But I mean, like honestly, like Big Swole looked better in previous matches than she. Then all of a sudden she faces Sheeta, and it looks sloppy. So if I see a bunch of matches with Sheeta that are sloppy, and then Big Swole comes in and having good matches or at least decent matches, and then she comes in and has a sloppy match with Sheeta, I gotta think the problem is Sheeta. Um, and that ugly looking toy children's belt that she held up at the end I, i'm still disgusted with that the women need an adult sized championship belt uh and i will continue on my quest until it has been completed um yeah but of course Sheeta wins and then nyla rose is staring at ringside staring her down so all, obviously they're trying to build that up as this you know the next rival the a rivalry even though they really haven't done much to it i mean just nyla rose staring her down why doesn't nyla rose get in the ring and attack her i mean build this thing up the way you're supposed to build it up that's how you build heat just her staring her down i mean what and did nyla rose get a number one contenders uh already get the number one contender spot as soon as big swole lost is nyla rose all of a sudden now the number one contender just because big swole lost is that it I mean, what else are you going to do? Let's do something. This is the perfect time to do it. One year anniversary. Show what a beast Nyla Rose is. Let her go in there and annihilate and lay out Sheeta. That way you got something to build toward for the championship match. Because eventually that's who you're going to have. And if anybody's going to take the title away from her, it's going to be Nyla Rose. Because you're not letting any of the other women do it. Um, because I don't know. I guess you think all the other women are green or too green or whatever. But, I mean, look, we, I, there's... look. Man, I'm just telling you, Britt Baker would be a better women's champion right now. Big Swole would be a better women's champion right now. Even Penelope Ford would be a better women's champion right now. Uh, her and, you know, and Kip Sabian helping her to keep the title, you know, cheating to help her keep the title and all that stuff. That would be a better angle than what you're doing with the women's title now. But for some reason, they got to have Riho and they got to have Nyla Rose and they got to have Sheeta. And is that's all you've had in the women's division since the championship title's been there. That's not good enough. You need better champions. I don't know what happened. Again, I still don't know what happened to Chris Statlander. Um, I've seen reports on the internet, but it's hard for me to believe the internet nowadays. When you see, especially then you see conflicting stories and all that nonsense. So um, <clears throat> we need better. We need better for the women's division, please. AEW. Um, they're there. I mean, you, you, you. It's like 
if you're going to have something there, then make it the best that it can be. Don't just have a women's division just to have a women's division. Um, and I get that if you didn't have a women's division, you'd probably get a lot of heat from the wrestling world. Like, why aren't you allowing women to do such and such? I mean, I want, you know, I want them to have theirs too, but it needs to be good. It needs to be good because if not, then it just looks like a, a eyesore, a sore eye or a, a sore whatever um, in the grand scheme of your, your company. Um, I, they need to do better with the women's division. Like, can we start doing that now, please? <laughs> you already ticked me off when you you let go of Kylie Ray. Uh, that girl was like one of the best female athletes I had ever seen in a wrestling ring when she did at the first double or nothing. That was great. Um, and then, you know, Britt Baker dropped her wrong and, and injured her. And I think that's probably why she's not there anymore. But um, that's just my opinion. But come on, can we do better with the women's division? It would be better if, like I said previously, the the women's championship was, was locked in a rivalry between Big Swole and Britt Baker. That whole thing that they were going against should have had the women's title involved in it, you know? Let Sheeta go out and win some more random matches as, you know, without a title because she's not doing anything to put the women's championship over. I mean, it's not just enough to put the wrestler over, to put Sheeta over. You need to put the women's championship over, too. That's important, too, because other than that, because if not, then the women's title has no significance. If people would rather tune in to see Britt Baker versus Big Swole than to see Sheeta defending the women's championship. What does that tell you about Sheeta and the women's championship? It's not relevant. It's not relevant. Your women's division is barely developed as it is. So if it's barely developed and it's still in its baby stages, the thing that should be leading the charge in terms of its development is who is the women's champion. And at this point, I really don't care that Sheeta is the women's championship champion. I don't care that Sheeta is the champion. I don't really care about the women's championship right now. Because when I look at AEW and I see women's matches, the most exciting matches have nothing to do with the women's title. I'd rather watch Big Swole versus Britt Baker, or I'd rather watch uh, Penelope Ford against Big Swole or Britt Baker or somebody. And I, if, if Sheeta comes in with the championship belt and has a match, skip. That's honestly what I would rather, what I would, what I would want to do. Um, but you know, I'm here reviewing this, so I got to review all the quote unquote important stuff or the highlights. Um, but yeah, I mean, please, can we can we do better, please? Whatever you got to do, you know, the, you know, Chris Stanley's hurt and she's injured. Speed up that recovery, please. Like, do something like, I mean, I mean, man, this is this is just this is awful. This is awful. This should be better for the women. They should have better. They should be doing better. Uh, they should have better matches, better booking, all that. But please get together. But OK, I digress. So. What happens with the tag team championship as as of uh, last night um, is FTR defending the tag titles against the number one contenders, best friends. And like I had said last week, I'm like, OK, I'm tired of a lot of these tag teams that are baby faces being lovable losers. I'm like, I mean, 
honestly. I mean, I already think that predicting that Matt, uh, the, 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 the Young Bucks are probably going to win the number one contenders match because after they, um, you know, got into the match or got selected, Antonio Schiavone storms out because he's upset that they super kicked him or storms away from the camera. Then they go in and shake FTR's hands and they're, they shake their hands real hard and then they get right in their faces, to, you know, trying to show how big and bad they are and whatnot. So you got, I guess, you know, heel versus heel or you got badass babyface, so to speak, against heel in that regard. And you're already setting it up like that's going to be the tag team championship match next week. And the other three teams are just bystanders uh, to try to make a somewhat exciting match. Um, but yeah, you know, FTR is against, uh, best friends and they make it exciting. They make it a, you know, a decent match. Um, as far as, uh, they're fighting, they, you know, there was obviously no count outs, no count outs in this match because they were brawling so long on the outside. Uh, and at one point, um, Kip Sabian is at ringside or away from ringside, supposedly playing an old school arcade game. And when, uh, Trent, just fighting, I can't remember which one, because I really don't care about FTR, um, one of FTR and FTR member, uh, throws him, uh, or dodges and throws, uh, Trent into the arcade box system, whatever, and, uh, Kip Sabian is so upset, he tells Penelope Ford to go get Miro, because he's upset at what they did to his video game, so back to the actual match, um, best friends is, is, you know, is getting in, they're about to start their baby face comeback, they're getting it going, so eventually FTR has to cheat, and they, you know, referee's back is turned, or a referee is trying to protect his head or his face from getting hit while, um, FTR is swinging the championship belt at the, uh, at Chucky e. T, um, of course, the referee doesn't see it because he has to dodge and protect his own head from getting hit when the belt swung. And so he doesn't see the actual contact. So FTR wins by cheating. And yeah, it's old school. It's whatever. But this is it's just this is what is ruling and dominating the best tag team division in wrestling. That's sad to me when you have so much other so many other things, so many other aspects, so many other highlights like I said, it's the best tag team division in wrestling for a reason. And this is what is leading the charge is this old school, boring, cheating heels. That's just, that's not, that's pathetic to me. Uh, but yeah, FTR gets the win. Um, I mean, I, I, I want to see Tully Blanchard more involved than he is. Um, that's the only thing that would get me to be, to actually liking FTR would be more involvement with Tully Blanchard. Like maybe he swung the belt and hit the other, hit the wrestler, hit one of the rest, uh, wrestlers from the opposing tag team. Um, but so after they lose the match, then here comes Miro uh, uh, coming out to ringside to destroy the best friends. And he destroys the best friends for um, destroying, accidentally destroying Kip Sabian's arcade game. Um, and then, so that's over. Yeah, like I said, I don't see why you have to put over Miro twice. You're already putting him over with the nobody tag team. Then you want him to destroy the best friends. So I guess now, I guess what we're going to have 
a rivalry between best friends versus Miro and Kip Sabian, I guess. I'm going to pause real quick to hear from our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. Be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back, and we're reviewing the one-year anniversary show of AEW's Dynamite, their weekly show. Um, we got two matches left and um, one promo. I'm going to get the promo out of the way first. Uh, so Chris Jericho and MJF uh, have to shoot their promo, and they're calling, um, or of course, Chris Jericho is already calling himself the demo god in um, MJF has to spin off of that, calling himself uh, the ratings god or the ratings king or whatever. And so they try to make it seem, it's, you know, it's a comedy bit too. Um, they try to make it seem, they've had some jokes about Animal Planet and MJF's talking to him, mostly talking about how he relates to, um, he relates to Chris Jericho and then he kind of sort of wants to be a part of the inner circle. Um, you know, Chris Jericho has to say what he wants to say about us what are we meeting up and what about us having a match against each other um and then um mjf has to talk some more about you know kind of sort of wanting to join and then um santana takes the mic from mjf talking about we don't want you in the inner circle so you know basically go away um but then mjf wants to you know continue talking and then jericho talks uh about having a match next week um and it, it seemed like a big comedy bit where it was like, I forgot exactly what he said, but it, it just didn't seem like it was serious. And so if these two actually do have a match, I think it's going to be a bunch of, you know, talking and gestures and, per, you know, semi-performing just to get a joke and get a laugh. Whereas, you know, something's going to have to happen from this. I don't see you guys just having this match just to have it and then it's done. There's got to be some something else to this angle. Um, because I just don't see <clears throat> two heels going at it that like to talk a lot unless it's a big comedy bit or, you know, there's something somebody's going to pop off and something's going to happen to where these two, you know, it just blows the doors wide open or they surprise or shock everybody with something. Um, so, yeah, that match, I guess, is apparently next week um, with weird stipulations. It seems like uh, it doesn't seem like a, just a straight match. Um, I can't remember all the details, like I said, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they put on a good entertainment match, you know, <clears throat> next we're going to get to, uh, the mid card title because I like doing, uh, the world heavyweight championship last just because of respect to a world heavyweight championship. Uh, but we go to the TNT championship, um, where, um, Cody defends against orange Cassidy who issued the challenge last week and, um, after he had beat um, Brody Lee and Orange Cassidy comes out and Cody accepts the challenge. And so they have this on. Cody goes back to the blonde hair. Um, so I guess the black hair was just the dark place that he had to go to in order to beat Brody Lee. So I guess he's fine now. And so he um, goes back to the blonde hair. I don't like the switching. Either you should have stuck with blonde hair the whole time to show your baby face um, <clears throat> persona, uh, or you should have stuck with the black hair to show your badass baby face persona. Like that was clearly the difference between the two. The blonde hair was the baby face and the black hair was the, the badass baby face. You went to the, the badass baby face so that you can defeat, um, Brody Lee. So why not just ride that on through now? 
because that's, you know, ride that on through because that's who you are now. And that's, you know, you're the TNT championship and nobody's taking this championship away from you because you're the badass babyface. You know, that makes sense. <clears throat> but now he's blonde again. And so he's going up against Orange Cassidy. They're both doing their, their you know, their stunts. Um, Cody's working over um, Orange Cassidy's leg quite a bit with the figure four. They roll around trying to reverse, and then Cody reverses it back, so they did that for a little while. Um, <clears throat> but here's the thing. As soon as I found out that this was... So every other like open challenge championship match that Cody would do would just be an open challenge regular match, and uh, eventually Cody would beat them. This one was a beat-the-clock match. As soon as I found out that this was a beat-the-clock match, which I did not see last week, uh, when Orange Cassidy came out and accepted the, and issued a challenge by with non-verbally, and then Cody accepted the challenge, I didn't hear anything about a uh, beat-the-clock match. But as soon as I found out this was a beat-the-clock match, I was like, I knew what they were going to do. Now, they did it right as far as the finish and what they wanted. Now they they did <laughs> Now they did the finish the way that they should have in terms of what they wanted um so you know, when it comes down to it, there's they, there's constantly time that's dwindling by, and Orange Cassidy is making his baby face comeback. But at the time that he's trying to make his comeback, there's only like a minute and a half left, and the guy's announcing, the announcer's announcing it. Then there's one minute left. Then it's just, you know, it's seconds. It's seconds now, and Orange Cassidy is still... <coughs> So as soon as I saw that this was going to be a beat the clock match, I knew that Orange Cassidy was not going to win. All the other matches previously that Cody had had for the TNT Championship and the Open Challenge, they had not been, they'd just been regular matches. And then as soon as I heard or found out, I didn't hear anything about an Open Challenge beat the clock match. Um, last week when Orange Cassidy came out and did his non-verbal challenge issue and then Cody accepted, I didn't hear anything about it being a beat-the-clock match. None of the other previous open challenge championship matches were beat-the-clock, but this one is a beat-the-clock. So as soon as I found out that it was a beat-the-clock match, I knew Orange Cassidy wasn't going to win because they were going to do something. They are going to try something to where Orange Cassidy tries to make a comeback at the end, and at the end it's just too late and time expires before he can get a victory. And they did that 
perfectly to a T in terms of the announcer who was announcing. He was announcing like five minutes. He was announcing uh, two and a half minutes. He announced one min- a minute and a half. When he got to that point and Orange Cassidy was still mounting his babyface comeback, I was like, yeah, I knew exactly what they were going to do. I knew what they I knew what they were trying to do. He's taking his time. He's got a minute and a half left to pin Cody, and he's taking his time trying to ignite the crowd with his his facial expressions during his babyface comeback. I'm like, he's wasting all his time, and he's only got a minute and a half left. He's wasting all his time with this with this these you know staring into the crowd, staring into the camera and stuff when he should be focused on trying to pin Cody in less than a minute. And he's not doing that. So I knew that he's wasting time and he's mounting his babyface comeback. It's down to a minute. He still hasn't even tried to pin Cody yet. He still hasn't even hit his orange punch yet, which is supposed to be his signature move now. And he, when it gets down to a couple seconds left, he gets him in the, I guess, the cradle pin or, or the schoolboy, not the schoolboy pin, but the, the weird pin that he does where he um, locks their arms in and pulls them over. And so the referee counts one, two, and at the same time, the announcer is counting down the seconds, uh, uh, three, two, one. And so the referee gets to a two count, and then time expires. So before he can hit a three count on the, on the mat, time expires in between the two and the three count, and Orange Cassidy does not get the TNT championship, although he had Cody beat. I knew they were going to do that. Um, but, you know, I guess, I, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's good in a way for AEW because whether they have a championship match that has a buildup or a championship match that doesn't have a buildup, 95% of the time, the champion's still winning. So when a champion finally loses, you're not going to know or be able to predict that a championship is uh is going to change hands based on the build of the match because it could happen with somebody losing the title. I mean, you knew Cody was going to get it back from Brody Lee. You knew that because the Dark Order always loses. <laughs> the Dark Order is the weakest heel faction in probably the history of wrestling for even for only being around for one year. They always lose. I mean, Brody Lee won the title, and then he loses it back to Cody. It was like, what's the point of him having the title in the first place? Just to put over Cody, because Cody needs putting over, right? Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew that this match was going to be the way it was. So, you know, Orange Cassidy, you know, he had a championship match against uh, Brody Lee, and of course, he didn't win that one because of some shenanigans. And now, the, he he's along the lines with the best friends of being lovable losers. They've both had cha- multiple championship matches and have been able to win. So, at what point do you? I guess you silence them and let them go off and do something else, have another rivalry with somebody else, and then maybe I guess another year later they finally get to win the championship. I guess is how they're gonna do it. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Orange Cassidy's always entertaining, and that's what they expect everybody to get out of it. Cody did his thing, um, having the whole Nightmare family there to support him. Uh, it, it's getting kind of corny with all of them having to be there to support him. I mean, I get, I mean, I've never, I mean, when 
when has a baby face, so-called baby face, ever had that many people out and ringside to support him? So, I mean, it's usually just one person. So if it was just Arn Anderson, okay, but now Brandy has to be out there. And sometimes I think Dustin is out there. I don't, I don't remember if I saw Dustin this time, but he's been out there before. Dustin's even cheated to help him win one time. <laughs> it was like, y'all supposed to be baby faces. What are you doing? Oh, man. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see why there's so many people, the whole Nightmare family, or at least half the Nightmare family, has to be at ringside to help support the baby face uh, Cody. That 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 seems kind of corny. That seems kind of overkill to me. Um, so, but, I mean, you got baby face versus baby face in this matchup, and uh, Cody retains the title because time expired. And uh, Orange Cassidy is the lovable loser because everybody loves him. Um, he's got good moves, he does his babyface comeback, but something, something screws him over, or something cheats him out of winning, so, oh, such heartbreak. But we still love Orange Cassidy, but the same dudes get to win all the freaking time, and that's boring. Alright, so we're going on to our last match, uh, John Moxley, the AEW champion, Defends his title against the murder hawk Lance Archer. This is another one where it was just a match building up to where it was supposed to be a match, even though these guys weren't facing each other or seeing each other every week. But they were cutting promos and whatnot. And, you know, um, Moxley cut a promo last week during 30 Years of Jericho, so I guess it's good enough. But when you get to the actual match and they didn't say anything about it, now all of a sudden it's a hardcore match. And I guess a hardcore match, no DQ match, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they're using all kinds of weapons and, and whatnot. Um, you know, it's just basically a brawl. And um, But, you know, Lance Archer seems like he should have the upper hand most of the time, but he just does stupid stuff. And then John Moxley capitalizes. Um, so at one point, um, Moxley hits the paradigm shift onto uh, Lance Archer. And then uh, Lance... Uh, then he uh, he doesn't he's not able to pin him, and uh, Lance Archer kicks out, and then um, Moxley goes right into the bulldog choke. So he gets the bulldog choke. That's now his signature uh, submission. He goes into the bulldog choke. That wasn't enough. <clears throat> that wasn't enough for uh, to take out Lance Archer. So eventually, Lance Archer. I can't remember the name of his finisher. Eventually, Lance Archer is you know exhausted, but he gets his finisher move and drops Moxley on the mat, and then he has a nonchalant pin because he I guess because he's tired. And then there's a one, there's a two count, and then Moxley takes his arms and his legs and rolls him over, reverses into a cradle pin, and pins uh, Lance Archer and retains his title. So afterward, uh, Lance Archer's upset, and of course he big boots in the face. Uh, John Moxley wants to beat him down, but then Eddie Kingston and the family comes out now. Uh, Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros come out, and you would think that they're going to uh, beat up Moxley, but then for some reason Ray Phoenix hits, uh, he's got a chair, and he hits Lance Archer in the back with the chair. So what gives with that? Lance Archer is unfazed by it, but he's mad. And so, but instead of them showing him attacking the Lucha Bros, he, uh, Jake Roberts comes in to back him off. 
And it's like, I, I get that Jake Roberts is his conscience, but sometimes you can't just well, have Jake Roberts coming in there doing that. I mean, if if that's the case, then don't let the Lucha Brothers hit him over the back with a chair. Then you got heel versus heel now, but then all of a sudden this heel is going to get backed down by his manager, by his heel manager. No, don't do that. Let's just walk away and go away. Really? You just lost the match, and then you get attacked while you're trying to attack the champion, and you're just going to walk away? I don't care if you have a manager. Put you know, I mean, don't hurt Jake Roberts, but shove him to the side or shrug him to the side and go and get you some. Like that that makes more sense than you just having him back off. That I mean he, I mean you have Lance Archer look like a punk. You really do. He's supposed to be the murder hog. He's supposed to be a ruthless heel. And you have him beating up the champion after the match because he's frustrated. Makes sense. But then even after that you have other heels come and hit him in the back of the back in the back with a chair and he stands up unfazed and he doesn't get any revenge off of that that's stupid um so after he walks away or jake roberts backs him down and he looks like a punk then eddie kingston has to come in with the lucha bros and act like he's congratulating john moxley but eventually he turns and starts to beat him up because i guess he wants another shot and he's complaining about how he never quit in their match uh, that they had their championship match that they had, um, and so you know he wants to he wants another title shot. So that's you know that's I guess that's the angle that they're gonna go with, and Lance Archer's just gonna back off and and fade away, um, and uh, I guess what he'll go after Cody again for the TNT championship. <laughs> I, I sort of sometimes it looks like they don't with certain angles, certain wrestlers, they literally don't know what they're doing. They do good in some areas, and then other areas, they're just, ugh. Like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys This is not good for character development. You got the same people winning all the time. And if this is a one-year anniversary, you got to have something that's going to be exhilarating to the point where, man, we had something We had something new and refreshing happen. Not That didn't happen. It was just more of the same, which is not, as a, as a whole, it's not a bad product. It's a good product. But you should have done something. Sheeta losing the title, uh, uh, Cody losing the title, John Moxley losing the title. You can have him win it back next week. You can have him win the title back next week. But for the actual anniversary show, let something different happen. You know, FTR retains the tag titles. You know, it's, it's like do something for. I was just as a whole. I'm disappointed in the show because I was like. It's your typical AEW stuff, which is good, but for the anniversary show, I was looking for something, at least one thing, different to happen. Everything that happened, I I could have I could have predicted that easily, because that's normally what happens. You know, rarely do the titles change hands, um, and so literally the only title that changed hands, uh, I want to say in like, wow, several several months was Cody losing. The TNT Championship to Brody Lee, but then he gets it back. Nobody else gets the title before T- Cody gets it back. So you've only had two champions, and really you've only had one champion in Cody because Brody Lee held it for such a short time. It's like, what was the point? What was the point? So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hope for better for AEW moving forward. Um, but yeah, I was, as a whole, I was disappointed 
in this show. Like I said, if Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone's promo was the best thing of the night to me, then that's a disappointment. I'm looking for one of the matches to be the most exciting and to have an outcome that's different from what you typically do. Different would have been the title actually changing hands because that rarely happens in AEW. John Moxley's held the AEW world title for how long? Sheeta's held the title for how long? And all you've had in the women's division is two uh, Japanese women and Nyla Rose as your champions? Um... the tag team titles is, you know, as soon as you brought FTR in, you put them on a beeline straight to the tag team titles. When you already had tag teams established and they're all losing Omega and Page, and then all of a sudden FTR comes in and they win the titles and now they're on top. I was like, FTR didn't even have to work hard to get the titles. They just, oh, because of their name and because of, I guess, their reputation from before WWE, because in WWE, they were they were horrible. They were weak. They were boring, and they come here, and all of a sudden they're at the, they get to the front of the line. Really, that's how it works. I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, I I get young tag teams earning their way to the top and whatnot, but it's like you 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 know you let the new you let the new kid that came from a popular high school and now he transferred to your high school and he gets to the front of the line and he immediately gets the girl and he immediately, uh, uh, you know, gets, you know, he's a favorite of all the teachers and he gets, he gets away with a whole bunch of BS and he ain't even, you know, he, he ain't paid no dues. I mean, I get you paid dues other places, but even like, even in, in any other company, even in any other wrestling company, aside from like one unicorn of like AJ Styles when you go to a different company even though you've paid dues other places you gotta pay dues there too and so you're not supposed to just get a straight B line or a straight front line to get to the front of the line so quickly so easily and there's all these other tag teams who have worked their butts off uh, you know and been in wrestling for in that particular company for a long time and have earned their shot and all of a sudden you come along and now they got to take another back seat that was why I didn't like the whole Ronda Rousey thing in WWE so it was like all these other women wrestlers who should have a title shot and should have storylines and you make them take a all uh, take a back seat and put her in the front and then she's gone after a year and you still didn't don't have a plan for the the rest of your women wrestlers like what are you doing so it's like all they do is FTR and it's like they in the young bucks now and it's like they don't have a plan for the rest of the tag teams if you don't have a plan for them what are they going to do they're just going to occasionally come out wrestle each other for nothing and then they're done that's it. That's how they get experience. That's how they get better. And even when they do get better, you're going to make them, you're just going to feed them to your veteran tag team. Like, what? We've been in a year now, AW. Come on now. And the only young guy, the only young guy you've had as a tag team champion was the first champion with Scorpio Sky. And he's only one half of the tag team. So you pair Scorpio Sky with the old guy and Kazarian. They're the first tag champions. Then you have Omega and Paige, who are not a real tag team, but you're just having them to hold the titles until FTR gets there. <laughs> uh, I mean, <clears throat> Private Party's already lost a tag team title shot. Uh, um, 
and best friends have lost two tag title shots. Uh, other tag teams have lost title shots. Um, and now, now you finally want to put the Young Bucks over or have the Young Bucks want to put themselves over and get into the tag team title mix. And now, yeah, they're probably going to win the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match next week and they'll face FTR. So I, I, I guess that's what you want to do. All these other tag teams that are new, young, fresh, and exciting, why can't they take the lead? Yeah, they're going to be making mistakes. They're human. They're going to mess up. But it's part of being different from WWE. It's part of having a successful tag team division, who's the best tag team division in wrestling, that's different, that's new and exciting. But when you want to put an old, former WWE tag team in as your top guys, it's like you're just being WWE 2.0. And I thought the whole point of AEW was to be different. From from I thought the whole point of AEW was to be different from WWE. And right now, it doesn't seem like you're doing that because all you have is former WWE guys holding your most important titles. And I get that Cody was the one who started the company, technically, and he's a former WWE guy, but there should be some different... There should be some different flavor there should be some something different for these guys that you took on who are new and fresh and exciting and different and have a little more control over their own gimmick to portray to the fans and you've got all w former wwe guys holding the titles right now it's like what are we doing it 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 literally looks like wwe 2.0 because they have the titles and all your young guys who didn't come from WWE are just lovable losers at best. That You got to do better than that. So that has been my review. Yeah, I'm harsh. I love wrestling. I've been around I'm watching wrestling since I was 12. Um, but, you know, so that's, um, what's that? That's seven. That's, that's 27 years. I've been watching wrestling for 27 years. So, yeah, I mean, my opinion might be harsh, but it is, it's real. It's real and it's passionate. So, that's my review. Hope that you enjoyed it. If you have the same types of thoughts and comments, I appreciate it. Um, But yeah, when we have something that's relevant as far as in wrestling, then I'll be reviewing it. Um, definitely, if I'm not interested and it's the same old boring stuff, then I'm probably not going to review it. So, uh, but that's the way it is for, for wrestling right now. I'm just not going to do every single one because it would be, I would get more irritated than what I sound in this review. (laughs) If I did this too much, just to review a a show, just to review a show, it's got to have some type of relevance or importance or an exciting matchup that I actually want to watch, let alone review. So. That's my review of AEW's one-year anniversary of Dynamite. Hope you enjoyed it. Believe until you stop breathing, and I'll see you in the next episode.